this is Biblioval again, and oh my god, you guys, it's a trip to other world. For this episode of Biblioval, Nick read Dragon Witch, Michelle read Night Huntress, and I read Demon Mistress. Welcome to Bibliovile, the Terrible Book Exchange Podcast. My name is Mick Dickinson. I'm Susan Dickinson. And I'm special guest Michelle Johnson. In person, again. Whoa! Yeah, two in one. Uh, we are coming at you with, well, I suppose this is the not bonus episode, and the previous one was the bonus episode. Uh, very exciting news. It's an other world edition of Bibliovile. Yeah. Biblio Smile, even. And oh my god, I needed this book. Really bad, because the last two books I have read, and I know that with the whole bonus episode thing, you guys are going to be able to pull one on me. The last two books I have read are Jungle Freakin' Bride and Fifty Shades of Grey. So, I really needed some other world in my life. Nick was about <laughs> two and a half pages into this book, and he texted me and was like, why are there any other books other than <laughs> other world ever? Yeah, it's amazing, and it gets right off to a good start. Uh, but if you haven't listened to the previous other world uh episodes we had a couple out of order and now we are making it our project thanks to michelle uh her help we are going to go all the way through the other world series reading only books of one specific character so for example i have camille the sexy witch sister of the diartiglio sisters uh and each other uh co-host has a different sister yeah, I have Manali, who is a half fey, half human vampire. <laughs> and I have uh, Delilah, who is a shifter who can turn into two different animals. Two which... different kinds of cats. Yes, two different kinds of cats. That's the animals. <laughs> one of them is a cat, and one of them is a panther. <laughs> um, so let's hop right in since we've got uh, three books to get through, and we're all kind of uh, getting a slow start this morning. There's a morning recording of Bibliobah. Mm hmm. Uh, I had the book Dragon Witch, which is spelled, of course, with a Y. Uh, Michelle, I'm, I'm very happy you're here because I ask this question nearly every single book and I always wish you were around. What is the word for, like, at the start of chapters or at the start of books when they have fancy literature stuff? I don't know. Uh, I don't know what it is. Every episode you ask that and I'm like, I should really know what that's <laughs> called. I should look it up when I get back to my desk and just check it. it out on Wikipedia and then I always forget because I'm too busy laughing at the rest of your episodes. <laughs> Aw, sorry you we're flirt. so funny. Uh, well, we'll stop being funny so that you can concentrate. So whatever that thing is, that widget, uh, the widget to this book is uh, from Microsoft Encarta 2006. The, what? No. The, yeah, the CD encyclopedia. Uh, and it is the definition of power play from Microsoft Encarta. From Encarta? From Encarta? Yeah, so oh it's God. not even like Webster's Dictionary defines. It's Microsoft Encarta 2006 defines power play as, and, and then it's power, like what a power That's play is. amazing. Yeah, I love it. I assume, I assume they use the hockey definition where you have like an <laughs> extra guy. Um, it is called an epigraph, by the way. Oh, nice. Oh, way that's to what you go. put on your tombstone. No, that's, according to you, that's an epitopa. <laughs> what? No, that's at the end of the book. An epitaph? That's an epilogue. Anyway, uh, <laughs> her, her dedication, other than her epitaph, uh, <laughs> other than that, her dedication is 
to all you sensual men who make us hunger for dark nights, as in like swords, nights, in a garden strewn with rose petals and thorns. Ooh. Uh-huh. So sensual. Uh, we hop into the book, and it's amazing right at the beginning because uh, this is exactly what I was talking to Sue about. Uh, Camille is in her uh, bookstore that she owns and used to be a front for the, the OIB or the Otherworld, whatever it is. OIA, the Otherworld Intelligence Agency. Thank you. Used to be a front, but now the Otherworld Intelligence Agency, I believe, to recap, is defunct because of a civil war in Otherworld. Yes. Thanks to one of the queens being a opium addict, which I think is very funny. Uh, so she's at the bookstore, and she smells or senses in some fashion pixie dust. And pixies are little mischievous creatures, and she doesn't want one running around her shop or outside. Uh, plus, they usually bring trouble, because this uh, sentence <laughs> just is perfect uh, otherworld. Capturing pixies to get their dust would turn enough profits to make a leprechaun blink. This is the first we're hearing about leprechauns in this book. It's yeah. like page two. And it just tosses out these facts of life in Otherworld. And, it, and it's absolutely amazing. Uh, but the reason that I finally had to text you guys to say why are there no other books but uh, Bibliovile or uh, Otherworld is because she leaves to go find this pixie. And then uh, she. Th- this quote happens. As I turned toward the sidewalk, a whinny caught my attention, crowding out any idea of tracking down the wayward pixie. I glanced up the street and froze. What the hell? A unicorn was heading my way. What? He passed (laughs) Baba Yaga's deli, you know, the boogeyman, which had moved in next to my bookstore and then stopped, close enough for me to feel his breath on my face. With a nonchalant bob of the head, the unicorn said, Good evening, Lady Camille. So not only is there a unicorn in the middle of downtown Seattle, not only is there a unicorn... But it can talk and it talks English and it, it seems very casual about the entire endeavor. <laughs> seems like a gentleman, though. Did it also tip its hat to her? Yeah. Uh, the hat with a tiny little hole in it for the mm-hmm. horn. Yeah. Uh, so the unicorn bobs his head and it says, what's up? And it turns out that there are three creatures, a, uh, what, a bugbear. Yeah, thank you. I think it was hobgoblin. A bugbear, which is a D&D monster. It is. A bugbear? A bugbear, yeah. a goblin, and a sawberry fay, which I don't know what that is, but it's evil apparently, uh-huh. are chasing after this unicorn, and they're like shooting blow darts at it. And so Camille calls down the power of the lightning, because she's a witch, and hits one of them. And then the bugbear tries to attack the unicorn, and the unicorn gores the bugbear with its horn through the shoulder, tosses it like a bull, and then the bugbear is then run over by a Porsche, which speeds off. <laughs> It's a great way to start a book. Oh it's absolutely god. amazing. Absolutely way. fantastic. That's like page seven. Scene. Oh my god! It's so great. Uh, one of the favorite, my favorite parts is that uh, uh, after the unicorn shows up, she goes. The more I looked at him, the more he reminded me of something out of one of those ethereal perfume commercials. <laughs> the ones where I was never sure just what they're advertising until they splashed the bottle on the screen and the announcer warbled something lame like magic experience the thrill so this <laughs> unicorn walking down the street and she's like this seems like a perfume commercial <laughs> really cracked me up uh, i like that a lot that's great so the the other world books since there are so many of them contain uh what i call big plot and small plot mm-hmm. uh this book is actually pretty light on small plot and pretty heavy on big plot uh where we're, there's a civil war in Otherworld, and the sisters are doing their best to keep out the demon shadowing. Uh, 
that this actually moves a lot of pieces around the board, which is kind of relieving uh, because the other books we've read have been pretty small or light on big plot. Uh, the the small plot of this is the uh, there's a demon who wants a spirit seal like always, but there's extra portals opening up, and so goblins just sign up sort of appear in places that they're not supposed to be around Seattle. Dubba trolls do? Dubba trolls? Dubba trolls, which is a, a new type of troll. There's like three different creatures that Yasmin Gowner just straight <laughs> up invents. Uh, but it reminded me a lot of Harry Potter. Because <laughs> somebody like runs into the room. Dubba trolls in the dungeon. <laughs> just thought you should know. And then passes that. No. Uh, they go and they kill the... the uh, Double trolls. Uh, they also kill a lot of goblins, and it's it's pretty interesting. Uh, this book does not really have a single plot thread that we follow, like like a street. It's more like a hub based mission structure. Like they come back to the house, and then they <laughs> and get they go do the thing. yeah they get a bunch of side quests, and then they have to go back out and do another thing again. Um, this is the first time she sleeps with Smokey the dragon. Ooh. They have apparently made a pact in one of your books previously. That if he helped them, then she, she would have in, to... That was in my book. Yeah, she would have to spend a week with him. And mm-hmm. he keeps showing up, like, at the week starts, and she's like, no, I don't want it to start. And she goes, okay. Which doesn't seem like the thing. But then they agree that her week will be split up uh, so that she doesn't have to be away from the family and away from killing Dubba trolls for an entire week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Seems he takes logistically her... logistically sound. Yeah, he shows up to the house, and uh, this is another just great entrance into the other world idea where it's like so bonkers and so insane but also really grounded <laughs> um is uh like everything about Smokey the dragon is incredibly insane but also super grounded uh he shows up and there's this unicorn which turns out to be the prince of the unicorns <laughs> of course of course it does uh and she says i hope that dragons and unicorns get along it's getting hard to keep track of all these blood feuds <laughs> so like <laughs> with all these different creatures <laughs> she can't even remember it's fantastic <laughs> And so Smokey takes her back to uh, his lair, which fries the, her cell phone so she can't be in contact with anyone. Uh, it's a little bit problematic sometimes because, like, he he's a dragon and he's used to getting his way. And so um, he's kind of controlling. But she actually does a really good job standing up for herself a lot. That's not a thing that happens in these books very often. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, no, I'm not going to do these things. And you need to respect me as a person and everything. So she's really putting the... The pinchers on the dragon. Uh, the dragon does her, and he does her real good. Uh, he has a human. He's not. He's not a like a dragon form. He yeah, has a human, human form. form too. Uh, and he shows up. I wonder if it's in my notes because he shows up. Uh, 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 this is how Smokey the dragon shows up at the house when he comes to claim her. I gazed at him, starting at his feet and working my way up. His ankle-length white trench hung open to reveal skin-tight white jeans. That left me trembling. An engraved silver belt cinched his waist, and a blue, pale blue button-down shirt opened to show the V of his neck. And uh, throughout the rest of his book, or his his hair is stark white. And uh, uh, I just have to imagine that he either has some sort of magical Scotch guard on everything, or he spends yeah. a lot of time like not eating pasta. Um. So, so they. Delilah references that in my book. She's like, he all, like he never gets dirty, and it's so annoying. <laughs> like he wears all white all the time, and he never gets dirty, and I don't know how he does it. And at one point, she asks him, and he basically looks at her, and then and then Delilah's like, okay, <laughs> I see right. how it is. Yeah. Um, he is described in my book as having ankle length white hair. And Whoa. At, some, at yeah, one point, Manali is like, how do you like? 
I keep my hair in dreadlocks to keep it out of the way. How do you deal with this? Uh, something about his hair. When we do it, we, we find out that his hair is prehensile. Oh, boy. He can move his hair around, and so it, it gets used in the bedroom for, like, light bondage. Oh. Yeah. I don't and, think I like that. No. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Um, more news about Smokey. Uh, we had assumed that Smokey was 100% white dragon. That he had silver dragon blood explained a lot about his magical abilities. It also left open a host of other possibilities, all of which were just a little too scary to think about. Silver dragons were far more powerful than white dragons. Silver dragons had ties to all the things who walked at night, including the gods of death. So oh. we're just tossing that one in there. Yeah. So uh, she does... a little bit of death magic. Yes. Just, yeah, death magic. She does Smokey uh, real good, or he does her real good, I don't know. Uh, Probably both. Yeah. She has to talk <laughs> to Morgane. Mm-hmm. I had not met yes. Morgane. I've not met her, but she's a, I, she, she's a powerful She was sorceress. presented in my last book, and I assumed that she had been introduced before, because mm-hmm. she wasn't really introduced. She was just there. Yeah. Morgane is is like a character from Arthurian mm-hmm. legend, so mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling that like it's more like the idea that like, they don't ever explain, like, a dragon is a big, scaly creature <laughs> that they just buy, and they're just like, like, this is a dragon, and like it has a human form. So yeah. like, I think it's the same idea. Yeah. Like Basically, they're just assuming some baseline knowledge of, all, of Arthurian legend. Yeah, yeah. She, she is looking to uh, bring back the Seely and Unseely court, which is apparently some sort of yin, yin and yang idea yes. of... Uh, before Otherworld became separate from Earth, that was how the elves or the fae, whoever, uh, kind of ruled with like a good queen and then kind of like an evil queen, but they're both kind of mildly evil. I don't know. That's kind of, it's like Titania, who yeah, is the Seely queen. And she's also in A Midsummer Night's Dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which we saw. Which we did see. Uh, she came all the way from Seattle just to be here in Wisconsin. Uh, the Unseely <laughs> Court, they're looking for the queen who used to be there. She had been punished for having the Unseely Court uh, by being encased in a big crystal. And so by the end cool. of the book, we find the crystal and they free her. And now we're going to start this Seely Unseely thing. Morgane really wants to be the Unseely queen. Oh. Uh, and so they. They placate her with like a twilight court instead of a day court and a night court. Now she's the whatever. She's the middle. Yeah, she's the middle. Uh, so that's kind of like a big plot point where we're getting closer to uniting Otherworld and Earth back together because we learn in this book that it was not a like unanimous decision. Like there was a small war that went on to yeah. separate the two. So that was kind of fun. Uh, but she learns all this and then goes back to Smokey's Lair where Morio, <laughs> uh, the fox demon boyfriend. Yes. Uh, oh, by the way, Trillian had to leave, so he's not in this book. Uh, he is in Otherworld doing stuff. He's still gone in my book, too. Oh, wow. And so she's actually, like, Kami's losing, uh, allies this whole time. And so Morio is her, like, beta, uh, in her triad, triad, uh, and now Smokey's getting added in, uh... And so, Smokey wants to be a bigger force in uh, Cammy's life and everything, wants to be part of the triad, or wants her for himself. And so, when the fox demon shows up, uh, he's like, well, let's just try this out. Let's let's go together. And so, we're going to get another oomph, which you guys apparently <laughs> love giving me books about male, male, female threesomes. You were the one that requested to read the Camille books. You did. I know. You I did do. not know how many. But the thing is that she's like, no, you're just trying, you're just going to do this so that Morio will... Uh, like take one step closer to accepting you, and and it, Morio's like, hey, yeah, wait a minute. So Morio has uh, will not, Smokey will not let Morio leave now that he's there, and so Morio has to sit and sleep and listen to them bang on the couch, <laughs> the couch that's in the dragon's lair he has to sleep on. <laughs> the 
dragon doesn't have like an extra bedroom? No. Like, <laughs> I love it that it's a dragon's lair and it's like, I'm just going to crash on the couch. <laughs> Do they excellent. also have like an, an Xbox or something they have to play? Like, come on. Yeah. Just got to sit there and listen. Um, we, we get to meet Chase's nunchucks. Uh, the, the demons come. Everything happens at the, the cave with the crystal with the unseelie queen. Uh, they find the spirit seal. This is the third spirit seal of seven. Uh, they use the sword that the spirit seal is in to break the crystal, let out, uh, the unseelie queen, whose name I forgot to write down. Uh, and then the demons show up, and unfortunately, the three most powerful sorcerers, Titania, Morgane, and the unseelie queen, have left. Uh, and so it is just Cammy and Chase, and no dragons or anything like that, and the demons show up, and for some reason, they actually, uh, take the spirit seal away from Cammy and win. The demons? Oh. Yeah, the demons get the third one and leave. Yes. And so it's, it's pretty interesting. Uh, the one thing I found very funny about this book is that it has a big focus on balance. That the idea that a, a knight court, uh, which I love that show, but a like a, a slightly evil, you know, scheming court uh, needs to exist to have balance in the world against the, the, the good and right and bright court. Uh, really remind me of a D and D character I had called E C O Vivo E C, and he was mm -hmm. obsessed with balance. Uh, and, and we get kind of like some hints toward this idea of like so much for the tolerant left. <laughs> like, there needs to be balance. We need evil a little bit of it. Um, so yeah, uh, the demons win. They take the spirit seal out of Cammy's bra. Uh, they go home to crash. Uh, we get an off-screen male male freedom with the dragon and the fox. We don't get to see it. Uh, but the the book ends with Smokey, Moro, and Cammy getting married to each other, because they're going to use their power of being married to tr try and find Trillian to hunt him out. So, so I guess in, it's not just like both men are married to Camille. No, they're like they're three, they're, the three of them are all married. married. Oh, yeah. interesting. Uh, okay. Like I said, so this this is big plot heavy. We now have the Seely and Unseely courts established again, which is a big deal. Uh, Chase is now the head of the. Uh, department that deals with cryptos and all that sort of stuff because uh, his boss gets killed by the double troll uh but the small plot was pretty light we meet the the antagonist demon like three times or actually like twice uh before the book ends so i, I have a feeling he might come back but the big plot moved along pretty well i really like this book uh there was one kind of awkward subplot at the very beginning about a, a woman can't get uh pregnant with her husband and then at the end, the unicorn's like, oh, and by the way, here's some herbs so that she can get pregnant. <laughs> Those are the two things. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so that was cool. Dragon Witch, named because she bones a dragon. Which there are and worse it's ways. It's a witch. To, yeah, worse ways to name a book. Yeah. That. Um, well, you have answered at least one of my questions, which was, um, which I have a big star next to, which is, Camille is in a polyandrous marriage now? Yes. And they are hoping <laughs> yes, eventually to add a fourth person to the marriage. Right. I bet that'll Trillian. be Trillian. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, why they, that's why they got married, so they can find Trillian, because he's apparently in captivity with goblins. Yes. Oh. So they need to find him. So my book does not have quite this amazing start that, that yours got. Um, <laughs> however, um, they are... So, so uh, I read Night Huntress... Mm -hmm. um, which is from the point of view of Delilah Dardigo, who, as previously mentioned, can turn into a cat and also a panther. Um, she, in the, in the beginning of the book, they, both books now have started with she's in, like, her, her cat form, 
Mm-hmm. Basically, hanging out outside, yeah. <laughs> just, chilling. Just, chilling. just like exploring and, and playing around and stuff. Um, she has a friend who is a mouse that tells her things. Um, wow, that's <laughs> unlikely. The mouse's name is Misha, and at the beginning of the first book, the mouse named Misha helped get Delilah out. She was like stuck in like a briar bush or something. She was like le- legit stuck in a bush. Is and the this mouse an was Aesop's like, fable? <laughs> yeah. And, and and the mouse is like, I will help get you out if you promise to never eat me. <laughs> and and Delilah trade. was like, fine. And the mouse helped her. And then uh, and now they're friends. Now they're and, they, and they like talk. And Misha tells her about stuff that's going on. So this so, is not like a scorpion in the frog thing. No. Um, so in this book, basically Misha, uh, announces to, to Delilah that, Hey, by the way, there's, uh, there's something creepy that's like running around on your land and it's, it's like very bad and I don't want to go near it. Um, and then, uh, and so she's like, Oh, I got to investigate that. So she goes around investigating and, uh, encounters a demon called a bloat wargle, which is. <laughs> that was one of my questions is what the fuck is a bloat wargle? Oh, yeah. so I'm real, glad we're answering this now. It's a real gross demon is okay. the answer to that question. Um, so it's a bloat wargle, um, and uh, it currently has trapped uh, their neighbor's basset hound, oh, no. whose Aww. name is Speedo, oh, no, uh, Speedo, which is a great name for a basset hound on like four different levels. <laughs> um, so Speedo the basset hound is trapped under a log trying to hide from this bloat wargle, which is trying to eat him. Um, and then Delilah and their friend Rosario, who I don't... He's just Incubus. Yeah, yeah he's, he's an Incubus. incubus. He... I don't remember when he showed up. It he showed up in my book. My my book previous one. Last time. Okay. Yeah. So he's... Great. Um, he's a, a demon. Yes. An Incubus. Um, AKA Roz. Um, so he shows up and like basically they either scare it away or kill it. I can't remember. Um, but <laughs> they basically rescue Speedo the Basset Hound. Nice. Um, I did, I did put down that like the odds of Basset Hound would be out exploring at night are pretty like low. pretty low. That's not really what Basset Hounds do. They no. sleep. And, and then howl and yeah. then look about sadly. Yeah, and then the book ended. It was a really kid friendly book. <laughs> so yeah. Um so then she goes back to she goes back, uh, and um we hear we get a brief sex scene with, with Chase, who is Delilah's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um and they have been sort of a little bit on the rocks, and then Chase said a different woman's name during sex. <gasps> Which woman? Oh my god. Um the name that he said is Erica. Um, so Delilah's like, who the hell is Erica? And, uh, but, um, basically like Chase doesn't really realize that he did this. So, so Delilah's like, oh my God, what's happening? But like, doesn't want to talk to him about it right now. Perfect. And then also it's the morning and Iris yells down, Hey, everybody come downstairs. Maggie, our, our like baby gargoyle is talking. Aww. So she's saying her first words, and they get a little camcorder out, and they, there's a whole adorable <laughs> scene where they're like filming essentially their baby talking, and yeah. it's the best. I, I would like it. to make a point that I, one thing I really love about this book is that it does a good job including scenes of like cozy warmth. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, like you feel at home when they're in that big house with everybody, unless they're because usually they're eating a yes. buttload. Or, like, talking about something important. Making pancakes. Yeah. yeah. Breakfast is always pancakes, bacon, and scrambled eggs. And I'm yeah. like, I wish I could do that. Yeah. That <laughs> sounds great. Cam in my book ate an entire bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh, my God. Um, so, yes. Uh, so, then, uh, at actual breakfast that day, um, Vanzier, another 
Um, oh yeah, they don't trust him. He's a dream eater him. or something. He's a dream eater. Yeah. But they have so he, he was apparently in your book, yes, and he, he like sort of switched teams. Yeah, he was helping the demon, but then the demon steals the spirit seal. Is like kill them, and so the genie that was trying to help the demon went to go kill Cammy, but Vanzier killed the djinn. Yeah. So after that happened, they essentially bound Vanzir to them. So he he mm-hmm. cannot do anything to hurt them, and he has to do anything that they say, or he will die. Yeah. Like he has a he has like a necklace around, like mm-hmm. a a weird worm that's like living in his neck now, and it will kill him if they do anything, uh, or if he does anything to hurt them, and it's bad. Um. So they go. Vanzir comes and reports that he's found a nest of venademons, which are like. Why do I get all the bugs? You do. <laughs> you think, you, last time you had rare spiders, yeah. right? And they bring them up, up a couple of times. It yeah. is very clear that Delilah was like undone by these yeah. hobo were spiders. Like it was terrible. So a hobo spider is a kind of spider that lives in the Pacific Northwest, and they're particular. They're like the ones that do the tunnel nests, and they oh, like, yeah. can get particularly big and nasty. And I think the, they're like riding the rails. Yeah, no. Oh. <laughs> um, they a, still. Hate can you it. imagine a spider with four of those little bindles? <laughs> half four of its bindles. arms are carrying it on the other half. Um, yes. So. Um, so Vanzer comes and says, like, I found this nest of any demons. I think they're guarding something. I'm not sure what it is. They go to go see what it is. It turns out that they're guarding, that there's a, there's Venademons and a, Cer- a Cerberus, like, so like a three-headed dog, yeah. and also um, a Revenant, which... Leo which, DiCaprio? Yes. Uh, <laughs> a Revenant, which is like a dead... A, it's a ghost. Like a dead like spirit. Yeah. Spirit. It's okay. like, it's like... And they're real bad. And as soon as they realize it's a revenant, everyone's like, oh, and, and even Smokey is like, um, I don't, I, this is scary. Like, and anytime <laughs> the dragon is scared, yes. you should, it's, yeah. a, it's a bad, it's a bad scene. Um, so they get out at the last possible second by the autumn Lord showing up <laughs> and essentially telling the revenant, like, Hey, this one's mine. Go away. <laughs> and then the revenant goes away. Like, then I was like, All okay, right. talking about a Deus Ex Machina. Yeah. But in the meantime, quite literally a god. Yeah, Camille was bitten by the Hellhound, and uh, so and then they kept fighting through the rest of this like essentially D and D level. And then at the <laughs> end, Camille is like very grievously hurt. Like she was oh. bitten, and it's starting yeah. to like cause her a lot of like she's like un unreasonably like. Uh, in a bad sh- in bad shape, yeah. given that she basically was bitten on her hand. Uh-huh. Um, so they are like, okay, we're gonna go take her to the like where Chase works, which is yeah. basically the other world version of like the police station. Yeah. yeah. And so we're gonna go take her there because there are people there who can heal her, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. So they take her out there, and she passes out as they're walking in from the parking lot. Like she is so gone that she faints. Like oh she's gosh. like, and so they like get her downstairs. They heal her up. The the I don't know the Healer. EMT essentially <laughs> yeah. says like if you hadn't Extra got like if it, if it was an <laughs> if if it had been ten more minutes she might have died or lost her arm so like clearly this was in a bad way yeah. so whatever they were fighting like it's a it's a they raised the stakes essentially to say like whatever they were fighting was pretty bad um, and then while Camille is recovering before they can leave Delilah decides to go upstairs. To visit with Chase because she mm-hmm. hasn't seen him since they're like since like earlier that morning apparently mm-hmm. I guess <laughs> um, so she decides to go upstairs to see Chase and walks in on him having sex with another woman oh, was no. that Erica um, yeah it was Erica who it turns out is Chase's ex fiance and who um, he left like he just like. 
he cheated on her yeah. while they were engaged and then Erica like got real real mad like it do broke yeah. off the engagement uh, and moved away and she has been back in for back in town for a few weeks we learn and she and Chase have been having sex during that time. Oh. Um, and yeah, and so like Delilah's real confused about this because Chase has said he was never in any serious relationships, which is obviously pretty untrue if he was yeah. engaged to this woman. Yeah. So she's having a real crisis of confidence about this whole situation. She's gonna bonk him with his own nunchucks. Yeah, and basically she's like she like cuts off all contact with him. She won't return his calls. She won't answer his text messages. Good won't for do anything her. Like that. And I was kind of like, yes, I understand <laughs> this response. Yeah. But she's also having a lot of like mixed emotions about it just because it's you know like this is she really liked him she and she feels like she feels like he said he wasn't willing to like have an open relationship and then he started cheating on her and that Mm -hmm. feels like not only not only is that like like it's bad that you're cheating on me but also it's bad that you were like you don't get to have sex with anybody else (laughs) (laughs) but i do because the cafe would be okay with a polyamorous relationship exactly but you need to agree on it um although she is part cat and they discuss this several times in the book and cats are very territorial and don't (laughs) like sharing things so Mm -hmm. she thinks that that's also part of the whole deal is that like she is part cat and so she doesn't want to share her her whole situation with anybody else um so that is kind of like the background emotional plot that's going on through the whole book is that like, what do I do about Chase? I'm also really attracted to Zach. Zach is also a puma, so it's like, I feel like I have more oh, in common yeah. with him yeah. than with Chase, who's just a full-blooded human. She and Zach have sex at one point, and it's like super good, apparently. It always is. Um, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. It is in always very books, good. Always everybody, everybody is very good at sex yeah. in these books. Um, so, uh, so that's, yeah, like, that's the background plot that's going on the whole time. Um, uh, in sort of the, like, mini plot for this book, they are trying to acquire the fourth spirit seal, which Van Zier found information about by eating someone's dream. I am not kidding. <laughs> Was it drowsy? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Um, and so they're, they have to go get that fourth spirit seal. Um, they're also trying to, oh, the Autumn Lord has also tasked Delilah with, she needs to go acquire this plant so that she can have better control over when she turns into the panther. So if she makes tea out of this plant, Mm. then she will be able to control her shifting better. Mm -hmm. And the only place that the plant grows is in the other world in the dark. Dark and weird dark forest. And weird. Yeah, that's where the portal now leads instead of into the city. Because yes. the city's the, the bad queen that we don't like. So the dark and weird forest, uh, she has to go there to get a plant. Um, uh, do, do, do. Let's Spelled, see by the way, I they, love the spelling. D-A-R-K-Y-N-W-Y-R-D. Yes. Who? Dark and weird. Um, yeah, the dark and weird forest. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense. I was, I, I was pronouncing it dark and word. I was like, that doesn't make any sense, but dark and weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they go into the dark and weird forest. They get the plant. They also run into a friend of Trillian's who has been hosting Trillian occasionally because Trillian is doing some kind of spy nonsense. Mm-hmm. He's like... Is he still like yeah. captive? Um, I don't know if he's captive or not at this at this point because also they don't know. Like ah. they're like, we don't know if Trillian has been captured. We don't know if he's like out and about. Camille's really mad that he he's not reporting in at all, yeah. and like she's like, what's going on? I can't find him. Um, so yeah. So but they get the plant uh, and they come back uh, and they and now Vanzir and Rosariel have figured out where the spirit seal is and it and or at least figured out. They figured out where the spirit seal is, and they go to get it. They return the spirit seal, like, and it's like pretty. It's like they have a big Easy. fight, but like um. it's like not that hard. They go get the spirit seal. They return it to the um, hysteria. 
to Hysteria, and then they are trying to find... Oh, and then Chase gets captured by the Rakshasa, Kavarnak. He was the big bad in my book. The big bad from Mick's book. Yeah. Yeah. So Chase gets captured, which they don't really... Like, initially, it's unclear what's happening. So (gasps) all... idea. So... (laughs) So... Um, some somebody calls Del- somebody from work calls Delilah and says like, "Hey, have you seen Chase? He's we don't know where he is. Can yeah. you go check his apartment? Like, we know you're mad at him, but like, we he hasn't shown up to work in three days, and we don't mm-hmm. know where he's gone. And he hasn't called in, and he hasn't reported. So she goes to his apartment, and it's been totally tossed. And she's like, oh, I don't know what happened. And then she goes home, and she gets home, and she can smell the the rakshasa because it apparently like it's a very vanilla. specific yeah. vanilla and jasmine and all kind of oranges and stuff. Because it's like a tiger. Um, so she walks in and she smells the Rakshasa and the whole house has been tossed. And she's like, oh my God, they captured Iris and Maggie. Oh. So she like, she gets out of the house. She calls Camille. They go in and they like top to bottom search the house. And then they go, they open the secret entrance to Manali's lair. Mm-hmm. And that's where they were. So Iris heard the Rakshasa come in and got into Manali's lair before that they were able to, before they were able to capture them. So Iris and Maggie are safe, but I was very scared for like five pages in the middle of the book. Maggie is very important to me. So, um, so now they have to go find Kavarnak because he has chased. In order to do that, they have to go, they go to, I kid you not, the Fang Tabula, which is a a vampire club. Shopping mall? (laughs) Aww. It's a vampire club uh, because there's, because Rosario's ex-wife, who is a succubus. Yes. That's the lady one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, Who is a succubus, is currently there because she has also been captured and enslaved by the Rakshasa. And so they're thinking, like, we can go and talk to her and she'll tell us where Carver whatever his name is, Kavarnak, is located, and then we can go there and get Chase. Then it all happens very quickly again. (laughs) It's like, they get to Fantabula, they find her, then the Rakshasa shows up, they run away from the Rakshasa, they chase the Rakshasa back to the Rakshasa's house, then they go to the basement and murder a whole bunch of people, Mm -hmm. including the Rakshasa, um, with the help of... Sort of help, I guess. Not really. Nothing really comes of this. But um, Lysanthra, the knife, awakens. Um, And she... And so Delilah bonds herself with the knife. And now the knife is awake. But then immediately turns into a panther. So it's like, okay, what's the point (laughs) of the knife? Yeah. And then, do you know who shows up? Smokey. Trillian. The leopard sister. (laughs) Oh, the leopard sister. (laughs) The leopard sister shows up and helps uh, and helps Delilah kill Kavarnak with also some help, I believe, from the Autumn Lord. Oh, I think this might be the first mention of it. Yeah, I think so. In this book, because we've talked about it before. She's been in our later books we've read. The leopard sister. I think it was Ariel, right? Ariel. She does not have a name yet, so we don't know anything about the leopard sister. And I also don't know that Delilah actually told. Camille and Manali about the leopard sister or not? I don't think it happened in this book. So that's really interesting because in my book, she's talked about as though she has already been explained, but her name is Ariel and she was apparently Delilah's twin. Yeah, so they so Delilah knew she had a twin for in the first book. An yeah. elf told her that she probably had a twin. Yeah. And I don't know how. But the twin <laughs> only lives on the astral plane. Yes. Because she's so, dead, right? Because she's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and the twin can turn into a leopard and Delilah can turn into a panther and at need will show up but I don't remember getting a name for the twin I just remember like essentially the leopard sister was just like I've been here with you this whole time I've been watching you your entire life and I was like really that's like a little weird (laughs) but okay Uh, and they 
and like essentially Delilah's like trying to deal with the whole situation at the end of the book she's like I don't know what to do about this yeah. mm-hmm. um, at the end she and Chase have a very long discussion well not very long like several pages worth of discussion about like what is our relationship and they decide to keep going in their wow. relationship um they, she's still mad at him. She's for the still Erica mad situation, at him. though. In my book, too. yeah, she's still like not happy. But they decide like we're gonna try to make this work. I guessed. I guessed a plot twist, and apparently I was wrong because the Rakshasa, it's master of illusion. I also thought the, thought the same thing. I was like, you introduce this character, and she's like not at all, not even remotely like included fey. anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, she's she's just a person who's I, like cheating. Like FBH, yeah. and, and then, even. Yeah. And even she, like, her reason for coming back and trying to have sex with Chase was that she was like, I, like, basic, basically she was like, he is super hot and fun to have sex with, even though, like, I don't like him. And I was like, I mean, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> uh, and then also she was saying, like, I I felt like, basically what she, she was trying to get revenge. Yeah. For, like, yeah. he, he ruined, ruined their relationship, life, yeah. so she wants to ruin, she wants to, like, get back at him. Yeah. And like, and I was kind of like, that's like not nice, but it's also not evil. It's not otherworldly. It's just like mean, but he was mean to you. You know what I mean? Like it's revenge, which yeah. is always like kind of questionable. Yeah. So like, I was like, yeah, this is like pretty run of the mill. I thought for sure it was going to be the Rakshasa in disguise as Erica to <laughs> yeah. capture. That would have been. Yeah, it would have been really interesting because he's like, why did the demon complete having sex with me yeah. <laughs> several times? That would have been. <laughs> That would be pretty great. Um, so yeah, that's that's my book. I had one. I had one question. Um, oh, there was some weird stuff. There's a lot of there's a lot of odd sister feelings. I felt like there was some foreshadowing of like maybe some fights that are going to be coming up in the future. Like maybe the sisters are like ru- like starting to rub each other the wrong way a little bit in some places. You, you don't want to rub a cat the wrong way. No, she it's very that. rude. Um, there's also uh, they also introduce a lot of like. Delilah does a lot of sort of self-psychology that I find really funny where she's like all like magically she's like oh I want to have babies and it's just like what <laughs> like, um uh, let's see what else um I had a I had one question which is like does everyone know about fairies now because think, like because yeah. like Zach yeah. is running for city council on yeah. the platform of I am aware Puma like yeah apparently <laughs> this is like, fun the first time we read these books but yeah, they're out in the open. Yeah, and they, I think they are, like, some of them were out in the open, but it is now becoming a lot more common for, like, okay. everyone to come out into the open. And it's, like, causing... In my book, they go a little bit into, like, it's causing some, like, political tension. And yeah. Like, yeah, they're, there's the Freedom's Angels or something like that. Yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's like, a religious sect that is really, like, against... The the soups the supernatural yeah and then there's like papers that are biased against them the Daily Tattler yeah yeah so there's some like they go into that a little bit more I think because Manali's like extra sensitive to it because she like, she's people just are more anonymous yeah, yeah she's and like awful, evil. Pe- like humans I think are like more accepting of other types of soups than they are the vampires. vampires like vampires are still super like oh. Yeah. Well, it's easy to be accepting a fae who can be really extraordinarily beautiful and bang a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. And then it's a lot harder when it's like, but this person wants to bite your neck and suck your <laughs> life out of you. And yeah. also they're dead. They actually bring up a really interesting question. Um, they're like having a political conversation about it. Like, is staking a vampire murder? Because they're already dead. They're already dead. Right. <laughs> and so, like, that's the thing that they spend a fair amount of time talking about in my book. Interesting. Like, that's, like, like, a, a big political... Exercise? No, it's, like, a political issue is, oh. like, can... 
the cops arrest someone who takes a vampire. Like, is that murder or right. not? Well, and then, like... It's defiling a dead body. Yeah. <laughs> so it, like... You're under arrest for criminal mischief. Yeah. <laughs> criminal mischief. Um, All right. Apparently, something happens to Zach in between these books because now he is no longer running for counsel. Um, oh, no. Okay, so that was in my book. Yeah. He got really badly hurt yeah. when they were fighting the Rakshasa. Mm. Um, and he... Basically, it was like, well, he has to recover for like six or eight months or yeah. something. Um, so that was a known that yeah, that happened yeah. right at the end of my book. Because now Nerissa Manali's girlfriend is running in his place. Yes. So you're you're getting into your book. Uh, what was the name? Anything of your... else? I don't I don't have anything else okay. unless you guys had unless especially you had any questions that were unanswered by my admittedly brief. Well, not brief, but admittedly crazy synopsis. Yeah, yeah you can't really be brief with these. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, That's why I love them. My book is called Demon Mistress. And it, I think it's really interesting that yours had a lot of, like, big plot. And yours seemed to have a pretty good mix of big plot, small plot. And mine yes. was entirely oh, small plot. I do have one more thing that happened that will probably be important, which is at the very, very, very end of my book, their dad comes back. Oh, neat. <laughs> he's been gone this whole time. <laughs> he's not in my book at all. Yeah, so basically he he's, he come, he's been captured or, like, in yeah. hiding, captured or in hiding for the past few books. And now he is free, and he is working for the queen that is not an opioid addict. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> he sends, um, like, an assistant, like a... Emissary. Emissary, yeah. Um, to their house and to, like, give them messages. Aww. And at the same time that he arrives, they also have, like, someone intrudes on their land, like an evil... It's a ghoul that intrudes on their land. And so their, like, alarms go off because their alarms are supposed to detect anything evil. And so then Manali goes out in the middle of the night. She, like, goes out and tries to, you know, find the evil thing, finds the emissary from their dad instead of the ghoul, ties him up, and, like, very roughly, like, throws him in the corner and then realizes that that's, like, a messenger from her dad. <laughs> and so they, like, get in a bunch of trouble, which was kind of funny. Um... But yeah, yours, Michelle, seemed to have a pretty good mix of like big plot, small plot, and yeah. then with all small plot. I think this these books kind of go along at, like in a waltz. Yeah. yeah. It's like one, two, three, one, two, three, where Cammy almost always will set up a bunch of big yeah. plot changes and then that reverberates throughout your guys' books. There yeah. are like, there are some bigger plot things, I think, that like move the background story forward, but they're, I was telling Michelle earlier, like they're almost mentioned as like side notes. Like, we don't see things mm-hmm. happen that further the plot. They're just sort of explained offhand. Like, oh, by the way, this is happening too. Um, but the small plot of my book that we spend, like, the majority of the time on is that there is a fraternity of human guys that Gross. are, like, obsessed with... Yeah, I know it bad enough as it is. <laughs> um, that they are obsessed with demons. Like and a cult? Yeah, like kind like a it's a fraternity, but they're also kind of a a, a cult, and they're trying pro to demon. They are trying to summon Shadowing, oh. who's like our big bad demon. A straight up cult. They they mess it up, and they accidentally <laughs> summon this giant like squid demon that lives Cthulhu? on the astral plane that is feeding off of all of the fae, and one of the fae that. Um, gets attacked by this this giant squid demon is Delilah. Um, it's kind of honed in on Delilah. And so they're trying to keep Delilah safe and figure out how to attack and kill this squid demon. Um, and so they have to get onto the astral plane in order to um, like fight it. 
And so they're dealing with that. And then they're also trying to figure out a way to like prove that it's this creepy fraternity of gross people and then stop them. Yeah. Um, Which they are, spoiler alert, are successful. This sounds very Lovecraftian. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was very interesting. Um, they kind of get turned on to this because Manali is going through the attic space above the bar, which I think is really funny that Why she does the like bar have an attic? she's supposed to own like own and run yeah. this bar, and she's never there. She's never. She at the always bar. gets someone else to run it. Yeah, she's always off on adventures. Um, and so she is like clearing out this space, and she finds all of the belongings of the woman. Um, her name was Sable, who was the bar owner two owners ago so like before Manali it was a guy named Jocko before Jocko it was Sable and then Sable just sort of unexpectedly disappeared and so she's trying to investigate and figure out what happened to this person um, and finds out that this person was being stalked by a guy named Harold who owns the house the fraternity lives in his family has been like founding members of this fraternity for a really long time I do really love these books in that we get some like Morio Camille Delilah Harold. 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 Um, so yeah, that's like our that's our big plot. That's what we spend the majority of our time trying to figure out. Um, it's interesting that you felt in your book like there was a lot of sister tension because in my book it was a lot of like there were a lot of kind of fun, cute, or like Aww. otherwise good sister moments. Um, there was one line that made me laugh. I trusted Camille's instinct. It was a lot more reliable than her moon magic. <laughs> Which I, I feel like that's a lot of this book is like some some kind of good-natured ribbing. Like they pick on each other a lot, but they also like very clearly love each other very much. I um, think this also might be a case of Yasmin Gallinorn being an even better writer than we we're expecting. Where we're experiencing the world through each of these characters' eyes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Delilah is incredibly sensitive and like yeah. really bristles at the first sign of tension. So maybe Michelle reads and feels all this tension because it's from I, Delilah's yeah. perspective. I also think Delilah is the one, like Delilah is the middle sister, right? Yeah. So yeah. like, if anyone is gonna both like feel tension from either direction, but mm-hmm. then also be sensitive to tension between Camille and, and Manali, and then mm-hmm. also possibly have some like like. I mean, you're the middle sister. You're not yeah. the youngest. You're not the oldest. Like, you probably have some stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, also, one of so in reference to Roz, um, Manali describes him as a very pleasant and helpful sex fiend, which I <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny. Oh, that was uh, Roz and Roz and Manali. Uh, the, Delilah was like pretty sure they were banging. So yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> that's why this is called Demon Mistress. <laughs> um, so because Narissa is so preoccupied with her run for council, they say that they, they're going to take a step back. Like they're still together, but they're understanding that they're not going to see each other as much. Um, they decide that they're going to go exclusive, meaning they can sleep with any men that they want to, but they are not going to sleep with any other women. Nice. So that is, that is how they uh, define their exclusiveness, okay, which well, I thought agree. was... agree. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Is um, Narissa Faye in any way? She's a were-puma. Yeah, she's from the... Oh, oh so one a were-puma is dating the vampire, yeah. and her sister is a were-cat. Yeah. Or were-panther. Yeah. So, um, also, like, we get a lot into, like, kind of some, like, psychology into Manali a little bit, and she, like, starts to become really sad about how she never gets to see the world in the daylight and it's just like there are just a few lines that are dropped in throughout the book that like it makes you sad like she's she's describing their like property and she talks about like this beautiful 
flower like, garden yeah. that Iris maintains. And she's like, I don't know what any of the colors look like because I never get to see it in the daylight, um, which is kind of sad. And then they also, she goes a little bit into like when she was first turned um, and how there was a lot of concern from everyone that she shouldn't be allowed to be around her sisters because she was a danger to them. Um, and there was one day when Camille went down into her lair and woke her up. And apparently, like, it takes her, like, 30 seconds in the morning to, like, kind of realize who she is. And so if there's anyone else in the room with her, before she kind of comes to as she's waking up, she's, like, that's when she's at her most dangerous because she, like, doesn't really know who she is. And so she attacked Camille and she almost bit Camille. Um, that was, like, right in, within the first year after she was turned. Uh. Um and she was obviously, like, really upset about it. She almost attacked her sister, like, killed her sister. Um, and so she kept telling Camille, she's like, I want you to stake me. Like, I can't I can't be a danger to you or Delilah. Like, I want you to stake me. And Camille would not tell anyone what happened. And obviously, like, would not do it. And helped her figure out, like, okay, so we're going to make some rules about how if people come down here in the morning, they have to stay on the other side of the room. Because by the time you cross the room, you're... Like you you're back come too, and so I was like, kind of this really touching moment about like my like my sister wouldn't give up on me yeah. and like help me through it, which was kind of cool. Um, there was some gross stuff that I wasn't crazy about in this book about <laughs> how like possessive Camille's husbands are over her, yeah. and it was I normally don't feel that way about these books like there's normally not like big things. That I'm like I hate this a lot, mm-hmm. smoky um, especially. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that was like that was kind of. It is, I will say, it is played as a character flaw. It is yeah, not like a... It is. It's not supposed to make you swoon. It's supposed to be like, we need to address this yeah. issue. Um, it's still gross. He, at one time, he was like, you... No, so it must not have been Smokey that was saying this. It must have been Morio that was saying this. Um, you belong to Smokey, Trillian, and me. You are not a plaything to be manhandled, and no one will ever take advantage of you while I'm around. Which, like, you're defending her and her autonomy... But also, but also like, you just kind of described her as a kind of creepy yeah, way, and I don't like to. that. Um, she Camille gets um, like groped by creepy Harold, and everyone is shocked and angry that he did it with Morio in the room, and not that he did, he it, did it at all. all. So like the problem was not that this creepy dude groped her. The problem was that this creepy dude groped her in front of her husband. Like, well, maybe, maybe let's not. Um, big plot wise, Shadow Wing has assigned a new big baddie to Earth now that the now that the Rakshasa is yes, and uh, her name is Stasia Bone Crusher. Yes, Bone Crusher. Stasia Bone Crusher. So I was pretty excited about that. We I do have one question though, and I think this was something that came up in like one of the first two books. But what is the deal with Wade's mom? Um. So in the in the second book in in well in the book that i read last time yeah right so uh in that book they go to a vampires anonymous meeting and like delilah even goes and uh and wade at that point wade and manali are still kind of like yeah is this gonna happen yeah what are we doing uh and wade's mom who i believe is named belinda is there Mm -hmm. and she is just like Imagine, like, all the stereotypes that there are of mothers-in-law. Oh, yeah. She's that. Like, just, like, she just, like, asks questions that are, like, kind of rude. Pointed, yeah. point, Pointed and mm-hmm. also rude. And, like, like that's essentially her whole deal. Like, it's she's not, like, evil. She's just, like, kind of <laughs> terrible. Yeah. 
Because that Wait, gets the, brought up a, a lot. A vampire has a mother? So it's his it's his mom from when he was his human a, mom his human mom like when he was a, when he was a person he and had then a he mom got turned. and then Is he the got turned, turned and then also the mom got turned oh good by someone who didn't I believe the story was like someone who like doesn't super like Wade turned his mom oh no <laughs> so now he like it's like oh that's God. really rude and also kind of gross yeah that's, yeah. A, that's an absolutely fantastic sitcom it's like now I'm stuck with my mom forever. forever. <laughs> like, yeah so that was i mean that was pretty much it the other thing is that wade like denounces manali for political reasons like he is trying to advance himself and the like vampires anonymous group and he feels like his friendship with with manali is bad for his image so he basically like comes into the bar tells her like i can't be friends with you anymore we can't be seen together anymore because you're bad for my like public and political image and then doesn't understand why she's so mad at him and why she kicks him out of the bar like dog you were like really rude and then now you're offended that i don't want you in my bar anymore well then also like if we can't be seen together and i can't be your friend i'm not gonna patronize your establishment either like (laughs) so get out of my bar um but yeah so by the end they have eradicated the squid demons they have uh harold is dead and so he's the reporter no, he's the he's the fraternity. No, he's yeah, the fraternity. I know, but there, I think there was another creepy reporter that gropes Camille. It must be later. It must be a different one. No, he. So Harold groped Camille when she was pretending to be a reporter to talk to him about the fraternity to yeah, get more information. I'm, I'm thinking about different things. Oh, okay. Um, but so then they like completely raise the house, like burn it to the ground. It's it's done forever now. And then they turn their attention to figuring out how to find. And get rid of Stasia Bone Crusher, which presumably will be in the next in the next three. Well, books. the next ones are all about bones, right? Yeah, yeah. Bone Witch is my Bo- next. Or is bone, it bone Magic. magic? Yeah. yeah, Bone, bone magic. magic is your next one. My so. next one's Bone Magic. Do you guys know what the next ones are for you? I don't know. Not off the top of my head. Uh-uh. Bone Child. I don't think Femur Lovin'. I did think so. I remember the first other world book that I read was Crimson Veil, and it was a Manali book. And in that book, Manali was the official consort to a vampire lord named Roman, who we meet very briefly in this book. And I assumed that this book was the called Demon, Demon Mistress yeah. because that was when she was going to become roman's consort right and it it wasn't like he he is very briefly mentioned um and like vaguely introduced but that's not what happens she sleeps with Roz. she then sort of almost sleeps with um van Deer and then decides not to because she's not sure if she can trust him um interestingly i don't know so it seems like manali and narissa are pretty serious uh-huh. but like, from the Delilah perspective, I have, like, Nerissa has never been mentioned in really? any of my books. Yeah, yeah, I've never met Nerissa either. Like That's really interesting because it seemed, like, at the beginning of this book, it seemed like a lot had happened to progress their relationship since the last Manali book. So it's interesting that she wasn't mentioned yeah, at all. Like not there. So, like, and that's, I think, another interesting thing about this, too, because there's so many characters and so much happens. Yeah. I think it's just sort of, like, we have to assume that, that there are things that are progressing that, that we aren't like, seeing. Yeah, it's like the Avengers. I yeah. also think, um, I also think like, uh, all of Camille's men, men, 
are very involved in all of the adventures and yeah. so is so are Chase and Zach mm-hmm. because they like are like down to like fight demons That's and stuff. Fine, yeah. And Narissa um, is not. Yeah, right. Narissa's not. So we just like she's just like not she's around differently, I yeah. guess is how I would say it. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. That's that's uh, the next books that we will be reading, I will read Bone Magic. Uh, Michelle, you'll be reading Harvest Hunting, Ooh. and Susan, you'll be reading Blood Wine. Oh, and based on the based on the cover, it looks like Delilah is going to cut her hair. Oh yeah, oh yeah, she has long blonde hair in these ones. Yeah, she she had short when I read about her. Uh, I just want to speaking of cover art, I just want to show you the cover art to Dragon Witch is of a very fierce looking Cami. Absolutely pouring out of a yeah, stacked corset. Yeah, she needs she needs to buy a bigger top. Like Michelle also <laughs> Michelle also texted me about the cover to her book, yeah. uh, which Features. they are all a big they are all big fans of very low waisted pants. Yeah, and in and on the cover of my book, Delilah is crouching down in a very sort of cat like pose, which makes oh, sense because she yeah. turns into cats. However, because she is crouching down while wearing low-rise pants, like, anybody who has ever worn low-rise pants and tried to crouch down knows exactly what's happening. <laughs> yeah. I still say that it's directly in character for her to be showing her entire butt, because once again, she's part cat, mm-hmm. and cats want nothing else but to show you their butt. True. So, anyway, Michelle, thank you for coming on once again. Two par- Two ghosts. Two guest spots in a row. Whoop, whoop. I almost said two ghost spots. I'm reading too much other world. Hopefully next time we'll be able to record maybe with slightly higher energy levels and potentially... A little bit of inebriation. A little bit of inebriation. Instead of anti-inebriation. <laughs> Instead of inebriation recovery. This might be in, this might be on Labor Day. Yeah. Woohoo. Uh, we'll record that even if it's not in line. But anyway, uh, thank you for listening to two Bibliovials releasing pretty close back to back. I'm pretty excited once again about the the bonus episode. That was a lot of fun. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I can be found at Dikima, D-I-C-K-I-M-A-A. You can find Susan at Susan J. That's S with three U's, S-A-N-J. Uh, and I am at I-C-F-A-S-N-T-W. It stands for I Can't Find a Screen Name That Works. <laughs> And the intro music to our podcast is Babe of the Night by the band Elixir off of their album Rampant. And the outro music is by Mick Dickinson. That's me. Uh, please like, share, subscribe, smash that like button. Retweet. All, retweet, Tell your comment, review on iTunes. It's all, it's all for funsies. Uh, thanks for listening to all of our crazy crap. Good night, you. Mitch. Good night, Mitch.